Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Mama Mama Podcast. How are you, Miss Ava, today? Looking very pink. Uh. I'm very pink today. I have pink jumper and pink hair. You do, don't you? I bought a green tracksuit. I like a light green tracksuit. And. Look like a pea is... in it. No, it's more like, like pistachio ice cream. It's that kind of green. You like green? You've got had another pair of green tracksuit bottoms. I do, I like green. I like a bit of green. But they're not that flattering. Are they not? Oh, I've got a low battery. Um, but I'm like, do you know what? I can't be asked to send it back. What? Do they're they... not terrible. Lola was like, no, they're all right. So I'm like, oh, I'll have that. Do they give you a bit of camel hoof? They're just a bit... You can see me double bum. What double bum? <laughs> I've got underneath my bum the tops of my thighs. Like, I've got like a squidge bit. You haven't. You're such an idiot. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll take a picture and show you. Oh, um, my life. But I'm not just like, oh, whatever. Whatever, Trevor. But um, today, Harry, I have been learning how to do long division and long multiplication the new way. The new way. What? So <laughs> The new so, way. So explain for all the thickos that got a U in there. They start at the front rather than at the back. Like, I'm sure that when we used to do it, we used to work backwards. Backwards, yeah. But yeah. they start at the front now. I can't, I'm recording, I'm recording, no, we're having dinner, put them in the fridge, be quiet, no, I just, I'm too tired, all I can hear is crunching, please go away, put them in the fridge, no, 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 she wants to eat chocolate, we're having dinner in half an hour. This, this for your, for your listeners is, um, Amy's Parenting 101 (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Um, we are now at I the end of the day, so it's... Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's two weeks into homeschooling, yeah, and I, I feel like I'm defeated. That's how I feel today, is I'm defeated. I've not done any work, because I haven't been able to, because I've been teaching children. Well, apart from the podcast we did this morning, Juno's just told me that her character on Minecraft is a podcaster. Oh, is it? <laughs> because I want to be like you, mummy, and I was oh. like, oh. Gosh, well, then that's it's... not technically my job title, but I'll... Oh, how's love... I'll take it. Oh, bless her. I was like, oh. But um, 
I did one very nice thing that happened today was I made some mince pies for a charity over Christmas and they sent an email out today just saying thank you and it really made a difference to the people's Christmases and I was like, Do you know what? That I'll have that and that's made You me did feel make three thousand five hundred and fifty five mince did. pies though, to be fair. And they I did. were I'm never doing that again. They were banging. <laughs> They were. Yeah, but then you eat them all. Yeah, no. Oh, my God. I, I, see, I, I've got that taste in my mouth of the mince pies, and I had cream. Because I don't really, I, oh, I mean, yeah. I love cream, but I don't really have it in my cupboard unless I'm making a cake, or it's Christmas, or yeah. Easter, bizarrely. Um, yeah. But obviously, around Christmas, you've always got, like, a tub of cream. Loved yeah. it. Loved having your mince pies with them. Oh, Juno's that it. Juno! It's like, what do you... It's like, when I'm on the phone... I know. They Mom. start having a full-blown fucking conversation Mom. with me. I'm Mom. like, I'm on the phone. For five minutes, I've just said, just be quiet and don't talk to me and don't make a sound for ten minutes. And it's just... Uh, they just have no concept. They don't. They don't. Of just be quiet. Like, she's banging the nail polish on the table now. They don't. The microphone picks up all sounds. Just. This is your parenting oh. podcast. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, that's me. I'm done. I'm done. You're done? How done, are you? Done with your children or just done in life? I'm just done. I'm, that's it for the day. Shush. I know. It is, it is hard. I'm, I'm good. I think I'm. Um, a little bit like you. I'm really glad that it's Saturday. I'm really glad that it's Sunday coming up because I need to rest. And oh, excuse me. And I think Idris needs a rest of of me, not shouting because I've really refrained from shouting. Um, but just I need a rest from like just just trying to multitask and trying to wear so many different hats. It's just quite impossible. Um. Because, like, you can't, they can't independently learn themselves. It's just, that's not going to happen. I mean, Idris would just sit there and just, like, try and be a YouTuber. He thinks he's a hacker <laughs> at the minute. He's, like, trying to hack into, so, I don't know, and I'm like, you're not a hacker, but it, whatever. Uh, whatever, yeah. Trevor. Um, but, yeah. And if he could hack into that bloke's account who can't remember his Bitcoin password for 180 billion you know what I mean? pounds or whatever he's got. See if he can do that. <laughs> That'd be all right, wouldn't you it? You know what, Amy can't even remember the bloody password he gave himself. Like that's been oh, the same for the last two years <laughs> that he's got into for the last two years. But when I'm on the most important call of the day, oh. Mom, I've got the password. I'm like that, and I'm in full swing trying to look all professional. And yeah, no, I'm handling homeschooling. Yeah, homeschooling's great. And then I'm like that. Excuse me a minute. Oh, you. It's just like, unleash the uh, the tired mother. But you know what? I think you'll get there. It, I think it's just, I think it's only it's only week two and we do need to give ourselves a break. And our children as well because it's so frustrating for them as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I always keep thinking. I always keep thinking, you poor fucking sod having to be taught yeah. by me. <laughs> you fucking poor child. Because <laughs> I'm not oh. very patient with Idris. Yeah. I'm patient with every other kid, but not my own. It's hard though. And it's hard when you've already done it 15 times and they've done it and then they've forgotten and it's just like. Ah! 
yeah, it's yeah, it's a lot. Sure. I respect teachers. <laughs> what I find really funny is um, they've got those things that says, uh, what's it? Um, fewer or was it more or fewer? Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. Could he just write a neat little line? <laughs> Could he? Just... No, he's fucking crossed the like. He almost like covered the page. And then I said, oh. but I wanted it to say fewer. And I went, well, you've crossed out the fewer and I can't see the fewer. And he's like, oh, so you don't need, no, yeah. you don't need to fucking <laughs> colour in the page, Idris. You just need to write. Oh. Because we're so used to, like, writing on lines, like, everything's neat. Yeah. Like me, this lot. Don't but care. They start, they've got, like, a box to write in and they start right at the bottom in really big hands. <laughs> 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 you've got four words to write. I know. Right in the box! That's oh. why I said, right in the box! Why don't you write oh. in the box? It is just sat up. Are you okay, Mum? Oh. oh, gosh. Well, enough anyway. of our rant, anyway, ranting, anyway. Up, ranting on about homeschooling, which which is delightful. Um, uh, we've got an amazing guest today, haven't we? We have. This podcast is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. She's so funny and so fucking amazing with what she's accomplished as well. Yeah. Fighting the good fight. Fighting the good Naomi. fight, she continues to. And I think that that yeah. just says everything um, about Naomi because she, 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 she does things that she doesn't even, like, she doesn't talk about it. She doesn't talk about how brilliant she is, she just does it, which is, which is the mark of somebody who's doing it for the right reason. But yeah, I forgot how funny she was. Yeah. I forgot. She's hilarious. <laughs> no. Love yeah, her. Yeah, she is. She's really lovely. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. And read all about it because it's going on, like what she talks about. Yeah. It's not just a one-off. Um, it is happening elsewhere around well, the yeah. UK. So it might, it might resonate with other people as well. But yeah. Yeah. Have, hit us up. Let us know what you think. Hashtag mum and mama pod. At Mama Mama Pod, Twitter Mama Mama Pod, Podcast. Don't know why I'm anymore. Mama 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 Mama. That's all I can do all day anyway. Oh, I'll see you later. I'll see you on the other side. Mom. I can't say anymore. Oh, right, enjoy. Bye. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Work. Work. 
So welcome to the Mum and Mama podcast. I am Mum. And I'm Mama. <laughs> there we go. She got it after a whole fucking year. Yeah, well. And we are joined by the wonderful, amazing and very beautiful, I have to say, Naomi. Oh. Who is uh, somebody I know from Pembrokeshire very well. We went to school together. Although you were, you were a few years below me, weren't you? That's right. I'm, you know, so much younger than you. Right. <laughs> what are you? So, <laughs> not so, not so, so much, Naomi. Not so much. Maybe one or two. How old are you? Forty. Oh, see, it's not that young, is it? No, you, it is not. <laughs> you look really young. I, do. I, I bathe in gin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. The fresh air. Yeah. yeah. The fresh air. <laughs> and um, it must be, you, you've got how many children? Two children? Three. Three. You've got three kids and you look 15. How <laughs> is this skin you're bathing in? Oh, my God. Oh God, guys. I, I, you can't see me properly. It's the light. It must be the light. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not but Naomi we, we got Naomi on today because um I really wanted to highlight some of the things that are going on in Pembrokeshire which is obviously where I'm from and um I think over the last year I've had some contact with you about everything and the, the, what I find really fascinating is that they've made it really personal about you as well in certain respects in your family mm-hmm. so really I want to because um, I mean you've got a really uh, an amazing career as well which is obviously you know in the arts and creative industry which at the moment is been decimated um, but obviously you know I do want to highlight your really good work in Pembrokeshire and highlighting so many things like I love your Facebook posts I think they're I think you're like a one, you, you remind me of my mum who in Pembrokeshire was like so instrumental in like, you know, the Aura Emulsion, she did the Aura Emulsion March, she um, wanted to go to prison because she didn't want to pay a poll tax, um, like there's so many things that she kind of rallied against and you're that, you're, you're somebody like that. So myself and Amy, um, yeah, we're just going to have a little chat with you today and see what's been going on. Excellent, thank you. What an honour to be compared to your mum. Your mum's a legend, so I'll oh, take that. Thank you. She's, she's a drunken legend. <laughs> so, so am I, that's why it's fine. <laughs> so tell us about your job, first of all, what you do. Um, so my job is, I'm team coordinator with National Theatre Wales. So team yeah. with National Theatre Wales sort of engagement branch of the company so we work in communities throughout Wales and internationally building up people's skills within the arts and giving opportunities for people who otherwise might think that the arts aren't for them so the driving force behind everything we do is this idea of social change and using creativity to make real tangible change within communities and within individuals wow and uh so that's cool I enjoy doing that and then I do a bit of writing of plays on the side Oh, do you? Yeah. Can you put me and Amy in a play? Amy, Amy did acting as well, didn't you, Amy? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I did it at university, but then I didn't do anything after. That's I was fine. Let's write one together. Come on, we can do this. 
<laughs> she can sing as well. Well, Mama, Mama, the musical. <gasps> she can sing. <laughs> I'll just be in the background, drunk. Amazing. It's like Amy, <laughs> Amy's teetotal. <laughs> and that's why she looks so good. Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> so how, how long have you been doing um, your, your role for? A long time? Yeah, a while now. Um, so I was an English teacher for a long time and then I did a master's in script writing and that sort of propelled me into the world of theatre. And then, uh, so I've been in this job for about five years. Oh yeah. my God. So you did a master's? Mm, yeah. How many children did you have when you did that master's? I was pregnant with the first one and I gave birth to him two months into the course and then I handed in my final piece three weeks before giving birth to the second one. Are you being serious? Yes and I had to do the graduation breastfeeding. <laughs> I had to breastfeed him no. up and down. <laughs> oh my god. How were you doing it for? It was a two-year course. <clears throat> so you had, you had them close together then? Yeah. Yeah. Irish twins. So, yeah, okay. Wow. So, yeah, so it's basically, yeah. I mean, it gave me something to do, you know, while I was... Gave you something to do? I'm enough, I'll just have... I'll just have a kid <laughs> and then I'll just do my master's. <laughs> yeah. And I was still teaching as well. I don't know what, what was the problem with me. I had more energy then. Oh, I <laughs> bet you did. <laughs> oh my God. So what, because um, obviously some some communities in Wales are very, like they're very geared at the creative industries, mm. but some are just not. And they think that the arts are, you know, for a load of kind of middle-class white people. Yes. Um, it, it, do you find that quite a difficult um, bridge in it Wales? Can, yeah, it can be because I think Wales, the art scene in Wales is so different to England in that, in you know, I think our um, perceived ideas of arts and culture growing up in Wales is that it's, you know, posh people swanking about on a yeah. stage and that it's not for us, it's not for the likes of us. Yeah. Or we grow up on a diet of community pantomimes and... Yeah variety shows and you know working men's clubs and all of that which are really valid and brilliant ways of bringing the community together so you know that whole thing of pantomime is I know on the face of it cheesy and wouldn't be considered highbrow but what an amazing way to bring all sorts of different elements of the yeah. community yeah totally, totally. yeah and that's where I think the the heart of Welsh arts lies in celebrating what people can do and what people are able yeah. to make beautiful things together. So it's about, it's a tricky one because you hear the word national, you hear the word theatre, right. immediately people go, oof, that's not for Don't me. Want it. That's not for me because it doesn't speak to them. So it's yeah. a, with team, it's a lot of that breaking down those barriers and making people realise that actually the arts isn't for everybody. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a human right to be able to have access to and participate in the arts. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is. And just to, to enable people to understand that it's just a bit of fun and a way to express yourselves and, and be, uh, sadly, now COVID has fucked this up. But before, it was a real good sell to be able to say to people, 
it's just a really good way to hang out with each other to make, yeah. be part of something collectively together and I think that's the most rich thing that the arts yeah do you do all it, ages sorry is it all ages yeah all ages so we've done work with we do some work in like you know primary schools and secondary schools and we did a really cool project in the pupil referral unit in Pembroke Dock where we worked with them for two months, no, two terms. And they made an album of um, original music and did their own <gasps> videos and they organised their own album launch and it was wicked. Oh, it was really wicked. Um, and this amazing woman, Mollera, from a band called Zion Train, I don't know if you remember them, <laughs> from years ago, but they, she, she led it. It was fantastic. And Wayne Boucher worked on it. Remember Wayne? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember Wayne. <laughs> yeah, and the kids just absolutely loved it. Now, these are kids who've been expelled from mainstream education and completely disconnected from yeah. any sort of learning experience. So to see them fully engaged in something that was two whole terms long, <gasps> it was properly transformative. And... and one of the girls has since gone on to perform at Malbeth a cappella festival. She's like recorded her own music video. One of the boys is now DJing locally. It's like oh, that's amazing. So little things like that yeah. do actually make a massive difference. They do because it, because it's about getting into the inner kind of core of you know because I guess they get they got chastised at our. our are pros in the where I work in Harringay you know they're just considered the naughty kids so we won't give them anything we won't give them anything nice because they're naughty and it's like god you you've really got to turn it on its head and actually give them all the nice stuff so that you know some people might gravitate to sports some might gravitate to the arts some might gravitate to music but there'll be something that somebody takes out of it somewhere yeah. And it will transform them and it will make them feel special and wanted and listened to. Yeah. A lot of these kids are just, you know, they have, they've got no access to that one-to-one conversation because nobody hears them. So yeah. they just make, make, you know, they make issues and problems for the simple reason they want to be heard. That's exactly it. And it's a tragedy that this, you know, mainstream school system isn't for everybody. It doesn't suit everybody. No doesn't just you know you can't expect to fit every single you know peg into those holes because we're all individuals with individual needs and different ways of learning and so oftentimes these kids just simply didn't fit it's not that's it it's not about them being naughty or about them being and for prison or about them being just you know unteachable it's the system doesn't work for them but then when you're engaged in something like that and we did one in Cardiff as well in a, in a PRU here. And that was equally brilliant. You know, it, you really do see a change. And that's what I love. Yeah. And then we also work with, you know, people of all ages in all places. And we're doing a big project in Pembrokeshire at the moment, which is supposed to be being staged next year. <laughs> so <that's pretty> <laughs> <odd>. <laughs> um, and we're doing another one in Wrexham around homelessness. We work quite a lot with the homeless community as well. Oh, wow. God, you sound like you've got an amazing, perfect job. Yeah, I love it. It sounds like you, and you, yeah, you can see by the smile on your face that you're happy, happy doing it. Yeah. Happy being, happy being that person. But but we'll move on. We'll move on. (laughs) Let's get to it. (laughs) Let's get to it. But, well, it's actually disgraceful, to be, to be honest, um, but I'll, I'll, we'll hand it over to you to explain kind of the, the full history behind what's happened. 
Okay. It's, it's unbelievable, really. It is really. Um, okay, so a lockdown happened, and I think a lot of people became far more active on the uh, social media pages. I think people became emboldened by that sense of hiding behind the keyboard and feeling they could say whatever they liked. Uh, so yeah. that was just a general feeling going around everyone, I think. Uh, coupled with that, the inevitable divisions that Brexit has caused and all sorts of ripple effects of the COVID happening, you know, and within this Tory government, you're seeing divisions left, right and centre. Mm. So that's the kind of world we're in when this story starts to unfold in Pembrokeshire. Um, so I was just scrolling through my Facebook one night um, near the start of the of the pandemic and uh, I saw that a county councillor, uh, Josh Bainan, who's a lovely, young, progressive county councillor working really hard in Pembroke Dock, had been getting all sorts of homo homophobic abuse for taking a stand against racism which I found disgusting. And it seemed to me that every time Josh opened his mouth about anything, there was this army of people waiting in the wings to just slam into him with homophobic abuse, which I found absolutely disgusting. So I've got that on the one hand, I'm thinking I need to step in here because I know Josh and this is not, this is just not yeah, right. This is not good. If I didn't know Josh, this, I would be appalled by this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like I need to defend this boy. So, you know, there's a various little ping, ping, ping back and forth on social media. Then Josh made a statement that he believed County Hall should be lit in solidarity with the Black yeah. Movement. So he believed it should be lit in purple. There were so many of us who totally agreed with him and really it didn't seem like a big deal. No. And County Council said, fine, it's going to cost us hardly anything to change the gels in the lights. What's the big yeah. deal? And yeah. it's like Pembrokeshire, which isn't particularly multicultural. It felt like a really bold and important statement to be making. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, good on you, Josh. Well, the backlash he received for that, I, I, I can't even. It was just disgraceful. It was the worst possible stuff. Um, he ended up having to report swathes of it to the police because everything was oh. the worst homophobic abuse. I mean, I can't, I can't even repeat it. It was so bad. No, I've I've seen some of it, and some of it is horrific. Yeah. Then you've got this county councillor, Paul Dowson, who's a county yeah. another county councillor for Pembroke Dock Ward, who was quite vocally against the idea of the county hall being lit in purple and made that very clear for a number of reasons, which I would argue are racist. Yeah. How you can be opposed to it and stand up in opposition to it in the first place is astounding to me. Yeah. But then his reasons for it kept shifting and changing according to the wind, it felt like. One minute it was because it was too expensive. Yeah. Then it, and then he was told it costs a fiver. Um, <laughs> then it was because he didn't want to be seen to be um, advocating the violence of the protest. That's it, yeah. When then people said to him, you know, that's an actually ridiculous argument because that's not what we're... That's not why we're lighting it. We're not advocating the violence. We're standing in solidarity with the people that are fighting for this cause. Yeah. That argument fell flat on his face. So then he tried again. Another argument was that it hadn't been voted through in 
chamber. Yeah. Um, so then I think that was shot down in flames because they don't vote through lighting it. For, they didn't vote through lighting it for the NHS. They didn't vote through lighting it for Remembrance Day. So yeah. every single attempt at him painting this as not being racist was just thrown back. And at the end of it all, he had very little yeah. to go on. Then. So he got so he got tough, didn't he? At this point, yeah, he, he started, decided started to get really, really arsy. He got a lot of his friends to start giving Josh grief, and whoever stood up for Josh grief. Yeah. Uh, then one merry evening, I'm looking at Facebook and I see a post from Peter Krause, who has been a town council in Pembroke Dock for a very long time and was mayor of Pembroke. Yeah. He had posted a picture of a group of men at the Baltimore protests on top of a car next to a picture of a group of monkeys ripping a car apart at a safari park. Yeah. So I was just, I, my gasket went <laughs> and I noticed alongside this photograph, Paul Dowson had commented saying, oh, yeah. look out mate. You better take this down. The lefties will be after you now. Ha ha ha. Oh my God. So they were, it was very clear what he was oh. doing with that image. And it was very clear that Paul Dyson thought it was funny and was endorsing it in some respect. Yeah. So I screenshot it, the image and the comment. Yeah. And I put it on Facebook underneath the headline, Welcome to Pembroke Dock, where your local town and county councillors are outwardly racist. Yeah. Yeah. Well. They're like that. It's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the national press did. Good. So within about 12 hours, it was in the Western Telegraph, which is the local paper. It was in the Western Mail. It was on yeah. Word Online. It was in the Independent. It was in the Daily Mail. <laughs> Was that their front page though? The Daily Mail. Was, um, BBC News. <laughs> <laughs> Daily Mail's new front page. They were totally for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just went mental. Wow. Yeah. It, it did. But but oh, that's because yeah. that because people wouldn't ordinarily see it and not say anything. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they wouldn't like it, they might not like it, but they wouldn't say anything because I think in, when you're in, a, um, when you're in a, a place like Pembrokeshire, your county councillors are, are those in authority. The mayor is a, somebody in authority. Yeah. So you kind of look up to them and you think, oh, well, you know, well, just leave it. I mean, we, there, before you move on, wasn't there a mayor that was um, convicted for paedophilia and his picture still standing in the um, chambers oh. and the, the uh, local councillors refused to take it down yeah for quite a while mm -hmm. before that it you know it met backlash and then they took it down yes but this is the sort of thing that you're dealing with you're not dealing yeah. with a local yeah. you know authority that's kind of it, it's very stuck in the ages so mm -hmm. it is so what happened then after yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you know, who was I to know that I had so many journalist friends on Facebook that might escalate this? <laughs> uh, so it all went 
mental for a little bit. Yeah. Peter Krause resigned from Pembroke Town Council as a result of it all. Good. Because he, Good. well, what he did was he shot himself in the foot, you see, because first of all, he claimed when the story broke yeah. after I posted it, he claimed that he'd been hacked, that someone had hacked his account. <laughs> um, and then it came, became very clear very quickly that that was bullshit. Um, yeah. And then he was forced to apologise. So the story broke then in the afternoon where he's apologising, saying, oh, no, I wasn't hacked. It, it was just a joke. So, you know, what was it, Peter? Are you lying? Yeah. Which one? Which yeah. one? Is, you know, so whichever way we look at it, you've, you've lied. Yeah. So come on, time to go. So he resigned, um, but Paul Dowson then, woo! Yeah. All sorts of stuff started to come out of the woodwork about him, and he yeah. was firing off at all cylinders, furious that, you know, there'd been this sort of surge of people power in opposition to views that he obviously shares with Peter Krauss. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw on somebody's Facebook page that they posted a post of his from 2016. So that's just before he got elected onto the county council. So unfortunately, posts that he made on Facebook pre-county council can't be um, investigated by the ombudsman and can't be held to account. Yeah. But it existed and it was there. And, and this was only four short months before he was elected to county council. So unless in, that, in those four months he had some sort of complete road to Damascus moment or some sort of full frontal lobotomy, I would argue he's probably still the same person <laughs> that he was then. <laughs> anyway, this posted, it was something about his, um, his business where he wouldn't employ and he listed all of the types of people that he oh, that's it. employ. Yeah. It was absolutely I'm dis just disgusting. I, yeah. I'm not going to say the words because yeah. they're just so offensive. The descriptions that he used, he kind of sh showed in that post that he could, was every sort of ist it was possible to be. Yeah. There was like homophobic um, slurs in there. There were outright racism, Islamophobia, yeah. sexism. Yeah, it went on and on and on and on. Oh yeah, that's it. He had a big, big thing about women, didn't he? Being in power. Yeah, yeah. You, you showed me that post, Harry. Yeah, like, I did. This is our councillors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. It was absolutely. It's like out of a film, though. It, it could be a film. I know. Like the most offensive things that someone could say about everyone, and then that was that post. That's it. Exactly. Like think of the very worst things you could say about every single group of people. Oh, um, there we go. They're well, straight men, yeah. Apart from straight men, obviously, because they're yeah. the lads. Oh, straight white men. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I sort of this what this girl had shared this already. So all I did, all I did, he <laughs> had already shared. Well, bugger me, <laughs> it he went apoplectic. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, next girl we're getting who does this chiffy woman think she is? That's it. Chiffy woman. Yeah, and that became a thing then that was going around. Everyone was laughing, calling me that chiffy woman. What is that? <laughs> That's her last name. And he's just oh, doesn't know sorry. me at all. So I was like an unknown entity to right, me. Okay, yeah. So I just sort of said, well, 
yeah, where's that chiffy woman's proof that I'm outwardly racist, is what he said. <laughs> and I said, here's that chiffy woman's proof that you're outwardly racist, and presented that post back to him. Yeah. Uh, and then, well, there, that was, that was the start of a long line then of him getting really personal and really nasty and getting his friends involved. And... That's just outrageous. Didn't he do something to your, to your dad or your family? Yeah, so he mentioned, so he said something about the Peter Krause incident. He said, um, he said, don't you feel bad for what you've done to Peter Krause? I said, no. Um... <laughs> He said, oh, but he's been through so much. He lost his son in the last two years. And this sort of thing could really push him over the edge. Imagine if he was your dad um, and he was pushed to this point, you know. So I found that very dark and sinister because two reasons. I'm very sorry that Peter Christ lost his son. I was in school with his son. He was in the same year. Yeah. I went all through school with him. And I think it's tragic that he lost his life. Yeah. That's the full stop to that. Yeah. Um, but I still think what he posted was not a direct result of his grief, but was a result of his actual racist yeah, thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, of how he thinks. Yeah, yeah. you know, his, his page is full of things about Lee Rigby and um, yeah. Dollywogs and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think you can twin the two together, and I think it was very wrong of Paul Dyson actually to do that. Yeah. yeah. But then when he said about imagine that this, you know, that he was already emotionally fragile and imagine you pushed him over the edge, that is dark because my dad took his own life. So to reference yeah. my dad within that and in that context is really uh, Yeah. So I said to him, I can only assume from this that you have figured out who I am and that you know full well that my dad took his own life. And that's I think, fucking outright. That's that's fucking awful. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then he said, oh, I know lots of your family members quite well, actually, but I didn't realise this about your dad. Well, I just said, look, if you knew who my dad was, if you were a county councillor with your soul, you would have known exactly who my dad was. He was very well known as Harold. Yeah. Harold no, it was, he was very well known by everybody in Pembroke. Yeah. And if he knew any of my family members, he would know exactly what happened to my dad. So the fact that he tried to worm his way out of it, he's just a snake. Yeah. And he then, he then you know... I wasn't going to back down, and I haven't backed down. I found out. No, he, don't. I found out that he was a um, on the board of governors for the school that yeah. Harry both went to. Um, well, that riled me. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a solicitor friend um, and um, an, an academic, both of whom went to the same school, and we sat down and we wrote a letter quite a long letter with the help of another friend who's in Spain and then we got lots of people to sign it yeah uh, yeah and he's then, no longer the governor <laughs> <laughs> good for you oh I can't bear it it's just not right I don't understand it because he was just being so awful to so many people and he you know, anybody that criticised him, and he was particularly, particularly cruel to any sort of young female. Yeah. Yeah, he really was. Yeah, strangely leaving men alone, but young yeah. females, he would get really dark, really personal very quickly. Uh, yeah, really dark. Yeah. So, you know, this has all gone blown up into something massive now that's, you know, the unions have been investigating him, stand up to racism, taking a stance yeah. against him. 
lots and lots of people have made multiple complaints to the ombudsman about him because he's just been firing off on all cylinders to everybody it's you know yeah. me when you look at what he was like with me that seems small fry compared to some of the things he's done to people and i just think it's an, an absolutely incredible that he's still on the county council yeah i do as well yeah yeah, yeah so then you've got all of this happening all of this shitstorm where you you're seeing some of the you know these views that otherwise wouldn't get an airing yeah platform by the likes of him where people feel emboldened to say to have pictures of themselves doing the nazi salute on their profile picture oh. and with him, to have make really dark comments about you know other human beings yeah. Yeah, worn yeah. out their own ignorance. I mean, what is it with people who are massively racist and bigoted, and why can't they ever spell? Because <laughs> 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 incredible. <laughs> it really pisses me off. <laughs> you can be that out about things. At least write it down properly. Just fucking spell it properly. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're making comment, derogatory comments about foreigners coming over here, taking <laughs> jobs. Yeah, because they can fucking speak English better than you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Oh. Then all of this is happening. The whole of Pembroke has gone into some sort of nuts chaos around race. <laughs> And then the Home Office decides to put a group of asylum seekers in a disused army camp in the middle of Penali, which is a stone's throw from the jewel in the crown of Pembrokeshire, Tembi, and is in a very small village, yeah. 500 people, which has absolutely no infrastructure to be able to support the complexities of the needs of the men at a time as well when racism it could be more life but it wasn't just a small group was it it was a large group 250 250 is the max they can have there it got up to 234 fuck my life nearly as many people well it's nearly half the population of the village yeah the village anyway how are they going to support another 200 well very good question i think the government don't want us to be able to support them i think yeah it's yeah. part of the hostile environment policy okay. very clearly being played out in penali yeah a very very obvious textbook way so what yeah. happened um was that the it was sort of a rumor on facebook that had happened in 2016 and then had been dismissed. So when the rumour resurfaced, a lot of people just sort of, including myself, just went, oh, it's such an old story. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, people started saying all sorts of horrendous, horrible things about asylum seekers, all kind of born out of xenophobia or racism, or just general, generally not understanding the terminology even or what any of it means, you know, the differences between asylum seeker, refugee, migrant, so all of these horrible horrible views are coming out again here we go again and then it turns out not to be a rumor but to be true and within, oh, yeah oh yeah and within a fortnight the first men were brought to the camp now obviously wales is a nation of sanctuary we have a duty to help and support people wherever we can and i totally welcomed them and i said i will do whatever i can to help when they're here but it isn't 
suitable because the camp is absolutely horrible. Yeah, These been through the most horrendous trauma <sighs> and have been shipped from pillar to post and now ending up without any sort of warning, taken out of a hotel in Bristol or London or Cardiff or wherever they, they are being held to this to this camp in the mid in like in the arse end of nowhere, which is which is grim. It basically looks like a load of Anderson shelters, which are riddled with asbestos. Yeah. It's cold. The whole place is kind of run around with barbed wire. It looks like a prison. Yeah. It's absolutely appalling. They have to sleep in like dormitories of six to a dorm. They've all come from all over the place. I don't mean, you know, globally. I mean, as well, within this country, they haven't all just sort of been in the same hotel together and got moved here. So they get moved and moved and moved and moved. So what on earth is that supposed to do to them, especially with the lack of information, especially yeah. with the conditions being as they are? They have to queue outside in the wind and the rain for 45 minutes to get the food because the canteen isn't big enough to hold all of the people that are there. So they have to do it on a rotation. Oh, my God. I mean, the whole thing is just has not been thought through at all. They didn't wait no. for a change of usage for the camp in the first place. So the proper risk assessments were done. They didn't consider the fact that Tembe surgery, which is the closest doctor surgery, is run by locums only. So we, the cottage hospital has been shut down. So we've got a very limited service there. Yeah. They, they didn't consider the fact that this camp is a good 30 minute walk into town. And what are the men supposed to do? They, you know, what are they supposed to do on a daily basis? What are they supposed to do for their comp the complexity of their mental health needs? Yeah. The imam is in Milford Haven, which is like 40 God. minutes far away. That's like, it's just insane. They, no, nobody's considered the needs of the men at all. And nobody's considered the impact on the community. It's caused such division within the community. You know, friendships have been severed because of it. Yeah. There are people who's gardens back directly onto the camp who they're, they're mostly pensioners or widows and they are understandably concerned hmm. because they they believe what they hear in yeah. right-wing press that they read oh. you know the tour this is a tory voting area so yeah. you've, got, you've got those sort of views yeah <laughs> And nobody's done anything to reassure them or to try and create some sort of sense of unity between the men in the camp and the people living immediately outside. You've got all of these volunteer groups that have sprung up now, which is amazing. And people have been absolutely brilliant, you know, offering English lessons and art lessons and music lessons and taking them out for days out and bringing them clothes and blankets and shoes because they haven't got adequate provision in the camp, any, you know, even to keep them warm. They're the yeah. So people have done all of that on a voluntary basis and are continuing to do it. You know, we had 4,000 offers of help in, like, in about a week, which was incredible. And that's brilliant. And you see the very best of people there and you see real, you know, genuine, welcoming, lovely side. But why should people have to do that? On a, why, should be, why should it take like a grand swell of volunteers to come do that? Why isn't the infrastructure being considered? Yeah. Why hasn't that support system and then that? been put in place in the first place you know they say it's a it's a covid response thing but i don't believe that to be entirely true no, I don't either um but the biggest thing for me the worst of it all is that it's brought out these fascists that's yeah the best way and that is the only way i can describe them yeah encourage well, fascism into the community and yeah. that 
is the one thing that I am opposed to. I would rather have a camp of a thousand asylum seekers and figure out what we can do to help them than yeah. one fascist roaming around yeah. the village. Didn't they come? Didn't they come from like Swansea and Cardiff? They came from everywhere. Yeah. So, so a Facebook group was set up, um, which was set up by a local man who felt res had reservations about the camp, born of his own experiences. He himself was in an open prison, and he just said, "Look, when you put two hundred fifty odd men together in a space like that." you are gonna get trouble. Couple that with the fact that of all of the stuff they've been through and the fact that we yeah. are here to help them. I'm just really worried about how this is gonna pan out. Yeah. You know, some of the things that he was saying, I didn't agree with. Um, and in the group, there were lots of comments that I found offensive. So I went and spoke to him and I just said, look, you just need to be really careful because there are really valid questions that need to be asked here about whether we can support this. But if you continue to allow racist voices, bigoted voices and fascist voices to have a platform within your group, none of those concerns are going to be taken seriously. Mm. So you yeah. get rid yeah. of those guys first and then let's talk. I'm happy to help you with this, but you can't, I'm not going to have anything to do with those guys. Yeah. Anyway, it took some doing because the group had gone from sort of 300 relatively concerned locals to 3,000 full on. Jesus fascists from all over Britain so we're talking you know BMP EDL this group calling themselves the voice of Wales which is like the Welsh version of oh, yeah they're all like Tommy Robinson wannabes yeah all of these citizen journalists coming along claiming that they speak for the people and only they care about the British people and all of this nonsense they were suddenly all here and it was horrific so Fair play, this guy that set up the group originally said, I don't want to be associated with those people. That's terrible. Yeah. He shut the group down immediately, had a, quite a public spat with the leader of this Voice of Wales and said, I don't want anything to do with you. No way. He's like, this group is supposed to be for local people who've got real concerns about things like healthcare and all the rest of it. I'm, I'm not interested in your racism, which I thought was great. Yeah. But it's been a big battle to get out those far right voices and it's an ongoing thing yeah every weekend whenever stand up to racism organize like a welcoming party or any sort of protest at the camp the fascists appear they are persistent in their hatred and bigotry and the worst of it all is that they've recruited some local people yeah being their voice pieces down here which i find horrific we have neil hamilton come down to one of the protests neil bloody hamilton i thought he was dead <laughs> turns out he's alive and he's a bloody Welsh Assembly member for UKIP what? he lives in Wiltshire what? he's got fuck all to do with words I don't understand it at all anyway he came down to show stand in solidarity with these Voice of Wales and the far right protests guess who's the new poster boy for the Voice of Wales and the far right group our friend. Our friend Paul Dowson. So he was there on the biggest main protest, the most ugly one, right at the start of all of this. He was there to show support for the lads. He's since been interviewed on Voice of Wales um, YouTube channel like three or four times. It's disgusting. It is truly, truly disgusting because... And what I find, what I find 
uh, or like deeply disturbing and it's what i think about all the time is if you're um i get quite upset actually because if you're somebody who's in that camp and you see that outside can you imagine how it must feel exactly. it must be soul destroying to have to live in that environment they don't want to but then it, yeah but but oh, then have and then have fucking you know all that lot outside chanting shouting racial slurs mm-hmm. um about going home you know go back and all the rest of it and you're here like it's just it it, it, it makes me really sad it is it's just the worst possible i mean it, it's just the worst possible thing because they have no no empathy no compassion no. consideration I just, I can't imagine ever being in a position where I would feel like that about another human being that I don't know and have never got to know or don't understand, just being that vile towards them. Yeah. Yeah. For no reason other than my own bigotry and hatred. Yeah. It's grim. And, you know, these men, they didn't want to come to Penali. Who the fuck was Penali? <laughs> I know I live there. <laughs> Beautiful of them. <laughs> There's nothing to do. <laughs> there isn't anything to do. There's no public transport. There's nothing. There's no. Is there a shop? Is there a village shop? Shop. That's well, it. that's it, isn't it? There's no pub. There's nothing to drink. There's a pub. There's, there's two pubs and a village shop. How have they? Let, how have they? Who authorised it? Home office. How has this happened? How can? How has this ever been a good idea? I don't it's understand. A <laughs> good question. <laughs> Or are they literally just doing it to, well... The Home Office are doing it because they claim that because of coronavirus that they've got a backlog now because there was a system where when an asylum seeker first enters the country and they're having their asylum claim um, assessed, they are held in an an emergency accommodation first. Yeah. Then they move to an initial assessment centre. Now that initial assessment centre is usually in an area of major conurbation, like you know a city center that has yeah lots of different facilities nearby to help them yeah. with their claims or to help them with their needs none of which we've got um and then once that initial assessment process has been completed which is usually takes about a month to six weeks then they move on to the next place so, so it, they, that's when they get told they're either an official asylum seeker and then they can move on to the next stage of the game or their asylum claim hasn't been successful and they're going to have to be moved on to a different place completely so so they're saying the home office is saying that because of coronavirus that emergency accommodation bit is being sort of clogged up because before if you're in the initial assessment center and your asylum claim isn't verified then i think they just kind of evict you just send you on your merry way but they can't do that with coronavirus so there's like this ripple effect where there's just this backlog of everything. <sighs> so what... I, I, still think it's, I still think it's bullshit, though. <laughs> I know, it, it does. It's, it sounds like bullshit, if I'm honest with you, because it just sounds like they needed to house, you know, uh, they're just thinking about the numbers and, you know, get them out, ship them out, get them somewhere. Want, they want to make it as uncomfortable as possible. Yeah. The whole hostile environment thing, isn't it? Make it as difficult and unpleasant for them as possible and, so that eventually they just want to leave of their own volition, yeah. which is just insane and cruel beyond belief. 
<laughs> the guys in the camp now have obviously tried to fight back, haven't they, in a sense? They've tried to uh, set their own kind of um, group up to yeah. counteract some of the comments, which, which you would. You would yeah. That's what you would do. But now that's now seen as that's now that's that's that conflict starting yeah. um, with with both so well three sides actually you know because you've obviously got the people in Penale as well and like you're one of them and <laughs> I feel really really sorry for the men in the camp because ultimately yeah. they do not want to be there. I admire them massively because what they've done is set up their own union. Yeah, within the camp, which I think is no mean feat. Yeah, quite an incredible thing to have done. You know, last week the men themselves just said, "Look, we appreciate everything that you guys are doing. We appreciate the clothes. We appreciate the offers of English lessons. We appreciate it all. But ultimately, all we really want is not to be here and for this to be shut down because it's so horrific." Yeah. Do you think that will happen? Do you think it will be shut down or just not? I hope so. I think it's a tricky one for me. Like the men themselves last week staged their own protest. They went outside, they made banners. Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was incredible. Yeah, I did. What I would like is for the camp to be shut down on humanitarian grounds. Yeah. And for the men to be housed in, you know, hotels or homes, preferably. Yeah. Will happening because they're not, they're not, they're not prisoners. They haven't done anything wrong. And yet they're no. kept as though they're in a prison. Yeah. You know, mm. bad persecution and war and disaster and all sorts of unimaginable shit. And okay, there may be one or two there who, have, who aren't valid, who are trying. Yeah. There may be, but I would say that the vast majority aren't. Aren't, yeah. And how long is it since the camp has been used? Is it, it's, it's something ridiculous, isn't it? Like... Well, the camp hasn't been used for regular training for years. It's like 15, 20 years in it or something. They occasionally have like DAs or cadets go up for like a weekend, but it isn't equipped to hold people there for a length of time. I think they're only ever there for like a week or fortnight max. And that's that's part of their training, I would kind of argue. It's it's the training to be, you know, to to be self-sufficient and to you know, weather the elements and to understand that that's what might happen if you're out on the field of duty, yeah. but not for 230, 40 men who need home comforts and need support and need wraparound care. Exactly, they do. And need a shower. Like, isn't the yeah. shower something like in a ridiculous part of the camp? Yeah, and they have communal showers. Fuck my life. They, they've got washing machines that, all, that keep breaking all of the time. So the few items of clothing that they do have, they're often having to wash them by hand in sinks in this freezing cold weather. Oh. They have like plug-in heaters for the rooms, which hardly ever work effectively. They don't have enough blankets. I mean, it's just hell on earth in there. And so, yeah, on humanitarian grounds, I believe it should be shut. Yeah. I know that there are a number of legal teams fighting that. Okay. And I really hope that something comes of it. What I would hate, though, um, is for the far right to believe that in any way, shape or form... They've, they've won. Yeah. 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 They, what I would like is for the guys to be moved to some, somewhere like a hotel or somewhere like, a, like homes. Yeah. So we say, actually, you haven't won at all. 
yeah. No. What's no, happened? because yeah, no, know. because there's absolutely because there's Syrian families in Hanford West that my mum talks about all the time, and um, I think there was is there was like how many families? Like, is it six or seven Syrian families in Hanford West? Yeah. And they they've so well adjusted. They had their own like pop up restaurant. One's got opening a restaurant. I mean, like, there's so many. There's so many amazing opportunities you can have by by that. I think the other thing as well, though, that upsets me is that it is an initial assessment centre. Yeah. I would rather it were something longer term. Yeah. At least then you get a chance to actually really get to know each other. They can really feel a part of the community and who knows, maybe settle, be able to settle. But if yeah. you're making it an initial assessment centre, just further adds to the hostility and fear because you don't know if they're going to be there for six weeks four weeks no they don't know and so how how can they commit to getting really involved in the community and yeah and fixing it up as well fixing up you know fixing up the camp and making it you know somewhere that is a bit nicer to be bloody hell well i'm sure yeah i'm sure naomi that we will get you back on to talk about um uh, the next stage i think you've been you've been amazing oh. i've loved having you on today oh thanks guys it's been lush to be here thank you so much for asking me thank you i'll fill you in with round two of whatever happens yeah. to you're well, very funny as well oh thanks mate <laughs> <laughs> you're very very amusing <laughs> thank you for making a difference Oh, yeah, definitely. I always tell my girls that you have to stand up for people because sometimes they can't stand up for themselves and that's the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, that is what And when I take Amy to Wales, we'll meet up. Yes, yeah. come on. Me and I'll... you get pissed and she can carry us home. Results. Results. In everything, I'm fine. <laughs> right. Thank you very much, my um, darling. I, um, and we will definitely get you back on. And um, yeah, have a beautiful day. But we'll um, and we'll let you know when when we, when we air it. It's been yeah. amazing. Yeah. Thank you, darling. See you soon. Thank you. Bye. Mum, mum. And what it is is when they're both doing it at the same time. Like I'm helping Lola, and then Juno's like mum, and then just goes it's like she's just she's not even like mum and waits for me to say yes Juno she's like mum so Christopher Columbus blah, 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 blah. and I'm like <laughs> I'm trying to do this uh, yeah and but, you know yeah. what right that Christopher Columbus is, is quite difficult like especially for Idris he's Italian he was Italian I thought he was Spanish no he's Italian but he, like oh, I thought so he was Spanish then starts to ask me about slavery oh still recording you're yes yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that's what like, Juno was like. He's a bad man. He and, and had slaves, like, and I'm like, yes. Oh, oh my, like in the middle of work, I'm going, oh my god, um, I've got to like now sit down and. That's a whole big conversation, yeah, isn't it? Massive. But, but it's good. It's so good. Like what you said the other day when you just said about him no. discovering South America. He's like, but people already lived there, and I was like, yes, because that's what Lola said yeah. when Juno was talking about it. And I'm like, it's so good that at such a young age they're questioning. Yeah what they're being taught about history because a lot of it is extremely biased and you know they don't get the full story do they no anyway we're gonna stop moaning
Yeah. Big up yourselves. Big Thank up you yourself. for listening. Please share this podcast because it's an important one and we like we would like a lot of people to hear it. No, Work. yeah, we definitely and, would. Um, yeah, and we'll post the links to, to what she's doing as well. Oh, All right, um, well, big love. big love. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.